everyone, and welcome back to another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I am your host, the Coupon Queen Pen. Guys, I have an awesome guest today by the name of Doug, and he's going to talk to us about helping one another. So let's take a moment out, and I'll be right back with Doug. So guys, like I was saying, I have Doug Lawrence, and he actually has a mentoring program to help everyone get over the hump that we have all been in. So Doug, would you please introduce yourself to my listeners? I certainly can, and, and thank you for this great opportunity to, to speak to your, to your audience as well. Um, so my name is Doug Lawrence, and I am a retired Royal Canadian Mounted Police Officer, and I started my own business in the fall of 2009, a company called uh, Talent C People Services Incorporated, and I'm focused purely on mentoring, so mentor certification, the training of effective mentors, and then looking at you know mentoring in the workplace, um, as well as just recently, I've gone through another certification process uh, that the international mentoring community offers to uh, enhance the the, ser- the mentoring service that I provide with the idea of looking at mental health, mental well-being, uh, post-traumatic stress, operational stress injury, um, all of those, those uh, things or all of those uh, challenges that people are having to deal with today. Um, I have gone through and become, I'm certified now, certified competent as a journey mentor with uh, my focus being on the mental health space and mentoring being part of that support structure for uh, mental health, mental well-being, all of those, uh, all of those things. Perfect. Okay. So quick question. How do you go from being a Mountie to a mentor? So good question. So uh, the Reader's Digest version, I guess, of that is that um, I, I was actually, I was mentoring individuals while I was in the, in the RCMP and the police force. And, but I just, I didn't know that that's what it was that I was doing. I just thought it was just something that I had to do, you know, to help my staff to be the best it could be and all of those things. But what was interesting was I started to job coach university students, so helping them uh, secure employment in, in, in the real world, as we called it, um, helping them to be able to secure that employment. And then, you know, three, four months down the road after they'd been in the workforce for that period of time, something would happen and they would call me up and say, gee, Doug, this happened and I don't know how to deal with it. And I would, I was actually using mentoring processes at that time. And like I said, just didn't realize it. And so I guided them through, you know, using critical thinking skills and all of those things to be able to help them to be able to figure out how to deal with those situations on their own. And I kept getting referral after referral. And it was actually two or three of them that had said, you know, Doug, we can't afford to pay you, but I'm sure somebody could, and you need to do this for a living. And so that's that's when I started my uh, research and started to find that there was a place. And 
I decided that I, I had been given a leadership opportunity outside of the uh, police force. So I took that and it was at that time point that I also started to explore the idea of creating my own company and then going through and working with a uh, certification organization to actually create a certification for mentoring and create the training material and start to deliver that training material. And so uh, that's how I how I kind of came from the law law enforcement uh, space uh, into into the mentoring space. And there's there's actually some other connections there too, especially when I look at it from where I am today and the work that I'm doing around mental health and, and mental well-being was I actually, when I was in the police force, actually was um, was actually dealing with post-traumatic stress, but didn't know that that's what it was. And, you know, there was all sorts of different things that I went through, you know, the and and they're all typical or not typical. They're, they're symptoms of post-traumatic stress where because of what I was dealing with and everything else, alcohol became a, a crutch for me to lean on. I wasn't the most, uh, the nicest person to live with. So, you know, my family, God bless them. They uh, st stuck through thick and through thin, but excuse me, they, um, they took the brunt of some of that uh, post-traumatic stress as well. And so it, it was those things now that when I look back and I reflect, it's those things that have helped me see things a little bit clearer and recognize that there are, you know, lots of, we'll call them opportunities for mentors to be engaged in, in someone's mental health, mental well-being, as somebody that they can kind of be a guide for lack of a better choice of words, but it's more so about being that person that they can reach out to who will listen and hear and isn't necessarily there to pass judgment or to prescribe or diagnose or anything like that. But you're, you become a very, very uh, acute listener, the, the ability to be able to listen and hear what people are saying. Wow. Wow. You've, oh my gosh, you've been through so much. Wow. Okay. So now that we moved from, you know, kind of police force, getting through everything, and even with the PTSD, now, what was, what was it that made you realize that you had PTSD? Was there like a real turning point or, you know, just someone diagnosed you what happened it actually was as a result of the research that i was uh, doing for um the through the international mentoring community we created the uh, certificate of competence journey mentor and it was as i started to explore that and and i was having all these conversations with researchers and different people and people who were already experiencing post-traumatic stress, who said, you need to, you need to do this, you, you know, because I would say, you know, gee, I sort of think that here's my two cents worth that I sort of think that, you know, there's a place for mentoring in the, in the mental health space as part of the support structure. And they went, 
oh yeah, there is. And how come you're just thinking of doing this now? You should have been doing this a long, long time ago. And so it, it was that exploration into the mental health space that I all of a sudden discovered my own, um, my own situation and why, why I had behaved the way I did and, and why that impacted those around me, sort of my inner circle, my family and, and my very, very close dear friends. It was, you know, gosh, my behavior actually had an impact on, on my relationship with, with those very dear people. And it was then that I sort of, you know, I, I realized, okay, I had post-traumatic stress. And when I start to think back to some of the, the uh, situations I had to deal with that, you know, most people would probably never ever think that, I mean, you had to deal with something like right. that. Right. right. So, so uh, yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for finding, you know, figuring that out. Oh my gosh. So, okay. You, you're, you're a mentor. Now, what is it, what is one of the first things that you do with people when they come to you? That is a really good question because my whole approach now because of the whole mental mental health, mental well-being, all of those factors, my whole approach in how I engage with somebody has has changed significantly. And what I'm finding I'm doing now is I am I'm more uh, I'm listening and hearing a lot more. It's a it's a higher level of listening capabilities. Um, so I've got all of that going on. But what I'm doing when I meet somebody for the very first time is I'm intuitively, I call it scanning somebody just to see, are, is everything okay? Or, or are there, you know, some telltale signs that tell me that, you know, sure, they're coming to me because they want some help, maybe looking for, you know, how to put a proper resume together or they're dealing with something in the workplace. Um, but there's, but there's something that's deeper than that. There's, there are things that are going on in their life that they, they need to talk about and they need to work their way through that because it's having an impact on their health, on their, on their mental well-being. And so that's, what's changed for me as a result of this is now I'm, I'm doing that scan every time I sit down to have a conversation with somebody. Wow. Okay. Now I have talked about this before and I, I think, but I'm going to ask your opinion that it seems that mental health and wellness is more important now since everyone has been not able to go into the out. Yes. I, I agree a hundred percent. And the, the, the thing that we all need to, to really be cognizant of is that if you don't take care of number one, if you don't take care of self and your mental well-being, it's going to um, act as a catalyst, as a, an accelerant for stress in your life, for any type of illness that you may have today. Um, some of the research that I did also showed that um, stress and mental well-being can actually be an accelerant to Alzheimer's and dementia. 
So really? somebody, yes. So it, it and that just blew me away because I, you know, I thought of a number of personal situations that I was very much aware of where, you know, I saw even a husband and wife relationship for, you know, a, a period of time being one that, you know, there was, it was a, I would have to say that, you know, one partner disrespected the other and there there was lots, it, it was a caustic, potentially had, you know, the, the capacity to be a very caustic relationship. And far as I'm concerned, that's what had acted as an accelerant for the onset of dementia and for watching how that continued as long as that relationship was still alive. Um, it was still acting as an accelerant and and making or causing the dementia to uh, continue to grow. Wow, I you know it's it's I could see it, but I never thought of those going hand in hand. I mean, now that you've said it, it it, it makes perfect sense. But I've never thought of those as going hand in hand. So, okay, a lot of people are experiencing this. What is one of the things that people can do? Because, you know, un unfortunately, it seems like there is, and I hate to say it, but there's a stigma about taking care of yourself mentally and emotionally. It's like, well, if you go to a therapist, that means that, you know, something's wrong up there you know and people don't want that stigma put on them well and it's and it's actually it's not something that's new my grandfather god bless him um took his own life when i was probably three i think it was three or four years of age and even back then um it, it was it was not acceptable that somebody you know should have mental health challenges and, and all of that. And he did, he, he, he suffered from mental health challenges. He served in the war and, and, you know, came back and um, it, it wasn't all that great, but, you know, even back then, just it's little things that I've, I've come across. Like he, our family wasn't allowed to bury him in, in the community uh, uh, cemetery because he had mental health, he, he had taken his own life. So we, we ended up, or the family ended up looking for a cemetery that was probably 20 miles away that he could be buried because they were a little bit more uh, liberal, we'll call it at that time point for, uh, to be able to have him uh, interned in that, in that cemetery. So there, you know, there's, there's been, little things along the way that I've sort of, you know, go, I've gone and said, okay, so now there's, you know, there's a fear, people have a fear of actually coming out and saying, I'm, I'm dealing with mental health challenges and, and, and issues. And my concern, I guess, from that is without having that person uh, to be able to talk to that there are sometimes there's um, mental health challenges that we could maybe change the potential outcome and i you know i think of a a number of different over the last probably two three years a number of different times where people uh have have taken their own life and and you you ask yourself the question you know what did i miss what could have i done differently and 
why was I not plugged in enough to right. be able to, you know, to be able to recognize that right. something's not right. And, and we hear it all the time. We hear it all the time where people are like, I, I, I should have seen the signs. I should have seen, but I, I think what it is, is a lot of times people are, like I said, that, that stigma, they're afraid to reach out and say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm not okay. You know, and we, we even, how can I put it? We even try to downplay it by saying, well, it's okay to not be okay. And it's like, you're just trying not to really label what's wrong. But in other words, what I'm, I guess what I'm asking is, how do we move past this? How do we say, okay, you know what? This is where the help can begin. Well, and, and a large part of that is, and it kind of takes us back to the whole aspect of what role can a, 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 an effective mentor play in the mental health support structure. And I think they can play a huge role. In fact, not I think, I know they can play a huge role because I've worked with a number of people that had post-traumatic stress and just as an you know as a sort of a sidebar is that one of them has has uh, as a case uh, case worker case manager and a number of counselors in that and she uh, also works with with me as her as her mentor and what she's told me she said I've told my caseworker that you know all this help is great sure it's good to have and everything else but she said. I really don't need anyone other than Doug. Wow. And, and wow. I asked, you know, I asked the question, like, why is that? And she said, because you listen and hear. And everybody else, it's it's all about, you know, trying to deal with them at the time. So we've got an hour slotted. So let's just fill the hour up. Okay, time's up and away you go. Where with me. It's if, if you want to talk and a lot of our, our uh, conversations are me just listening and recognizing that she needs time to process and to get things out in the open. So, you know, we'll, I'll periodically ask the odd question, like, talk to me about your triggers. What are some of the triggers that you have to, you, you need to deal with? I'd like to, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to know what that's like. And just, you know, if you wouldn't mind sharing that. And, and so we do, we talk about, you know, the fireworks go off and I'm someplace where there's fireworks. I, I immediately, I turtle, I, I go into hiding because I think we're being bombed, you know, stuff like that. So um, to, for us to be able to move forward, I think we need to recognize that yes, you know, we need psycholo psychologists, psychiatrists, we need counselors and all of that. But we also need those, you know, that, that journey mentor, as, as I refer to it, we also need that journey mentor to be part of that support structure. And people need to start to recognize that it's okay to reach out to that journey mentor because, you know, they're going to come at this from a different angle and you may be quite surprised at, at what the outcome will be. That's true. So 
Okay, I noticed that you keep saying journey mentor as opposed to regular mentor because when we think of when we think of mentor, we think of someone that's helping us either when we're in school with, you know, our major or even in our, you know, in our careers, someone that's taking us, you know, helping us reach the next level. What exactly is a journey mentor and what makes them different from every other mentor out there? So the, the, probably the best way for me to answer that is to just explain one of, one of my, I guess my vision, my dream was to create an independent body for mentor certification. So the coaching industry, they, they've got, you know, a, a body that certifies people as coaches. And so what, what's been missing from all of this whole storyline is the aspect is that there was never, um, there was never a body that was purely dedicated to the certification of mentoring. I started back in 2009, 2010 to actually work with a company in the United States to actually start to create that. And it was at that, at that stage, it was based on, it was a knowledge based certification for, for mentors. Fast forward to about 2017 or thereabouts, I ended up, I partnered with a, a chap by the name of Dr. Stephen Hobbs in Alberta. Uh, and uh, he would, he's, a, um, he's an ISO guru. He's a certification verification. Uh, I like to call him an expert. He's definitely a thought leader in that space. And so we worked together. I shared my thoughts, my vision, and, and I worked with him. And so we created what we call the, what is called the international mentoring community, which is that independent certification body that um, will certify mentors as being competent as a mentor. So part of what we did was we built a, a, um, uh, a structure, a process where I'm, I, I just want to learn a little bit about mentoring. Okay, so we have a certificate of recognition where we recognize that you know you have a certain body or level of knowledge. Then we go to the certificate of achievement mentoring, which is just a little bit more. There's a bit more work required. You may have to, I think you have to put together a case study and go through and deal with how you would deal with that based on your knowledge and so on and so forth. And then from there, we go to the Certificate of Competence Mentor, which is you're actually verified competent based on, I think it's 70 some odd competency statements or action outcome statements. So it's a combination of the knowledge, but then it's how do I, in, in, in my mentoring practice, how do I take and apply that knowledge in a practical context? And so you actually go through a verification process. Wow. But, so there's, and the certificate of competence mentor is a prerequisite to actually working on your certificate of competence journey mentor. And the journey mentor was, was created specifically for, uh, well, primarily for two things, but one more than the other. The first was to act as a, a guide to help people through the certification process. So it's, it's quite a, quite a journey. I'm not, I'm not going to kid anyone. It is quite a journey. My verification uh, interview when I was uh, successful in, in getting my journey mentor certification, my verification interview was two hours in length. Two so, hours. Yeah, it was, it was, and it was done with a, a body of five 
you have five different uh, verifiers. So two, two people that were verifiers, one was a mental health uh, expert, one was a uh, practicing mentor, and then of course, Dr. Hobbs, who oversees all the certification process. Um, so yeah, so there was the five, five people that did that. So the, the Journey Mentor was created for that certification guide, but also, and actually more importantly, it was to, to uh, start to introduce mentoring into that mental health space, into you know, mental well-being and being part of the support structure uh, for individuals that are dealing with any one of those particular situations. So that, that's kind of how, and all of these are, are offered through the international mentoring community and for people that are so, so interested in, in getting into that. With the journey mentor, it's a little bit more involved because right. of obviously the, you know, the mental health part. Right. But, but it, anybody that's passionate about helping people and helping people that is dealing with those type of situations, it's certainly worth, worth the journey. Perfect. So, okay, you mentioned that these are international certifications. So in other words, these are things that someone can take with them um, and get recognized anywhere in the world, correct? Correct. So the, the, it's guided by the um, International Standards Organization, so ISO. Nice. Okay. So, okay, you mentioned the website. What is it that people can expect when they start to take this journey saying, hey, I want to be a mentor, even if they don't want to be a journey mentor per se, they want the, they want, you know, the certificate of participation, or even if they want to go further, what can they expect? the very first step that they actually take is they do what we call a self-assessment. So you would self-assess either, yes, I have it or no, I don't. Um, and it would be based on, depending on which level you go into, if you go into say the certificate of recognition, I think it's, it's about 50 action outcome statements or competency statements. And so you say, yes, I have it, no, I don't. And for the ones that you have no, then, you know, we, we can offer, you know, access to our, uh, our library that we have that has all kinds of material, uh, online course and stuff like that. But you can, you can do that from, from getting it through, through the international mentoring community, or you can source out uh, other places, um, you know, where you can get uh, that educational material that you need in order to change that no to a yes. At the end of the day, you want to have every single statement, you want to have it marked as yes. And then from there, you can then move on in the certification process. Okay, wow. So, guys, I hope you are, you know, because a lot of times we're not thinking and we're not thinking that things are calling us, you know, our calling might change. And we have had so many things within the past few months that have made us have to pretty much shift course. <laughs> um, and so if this is helping anyone, guys, definitely check out the website. Check it out if you've ever thought about becoming a mentor or even if this is something right now that you're saying, hey, you know what, Queen Pen, I... 
I'm really curious and I want to know. His information will be in the show notes so you won't miss anything. Um, now, so how do you personally go ahead and, um, you know, once someone has been coming to you, is there anything that you can help them change? Or if they're saying, hey, you know what, I'm trying to shift careers. How do you help them do this, like, even after they've been coming to you after a while? Uh, the, the, well, like, say, for example, using this, you know, I want to change careers. Um, number one, by then, I'm hoping that we will have had the, the conversation around their personal growth. So with me, the journey always starts with the personal growth of an individual. So I look at that from the self-esteem, self-confidence, self-worth, self-doubt, all of those things. And we need, to, we need to have a conversation about those and get them off the table because if we don't, they become an obstacle or barrier to us moving forward with any career development, changing careers or whatever. If you don't believe in yourself in the first case, it's going to be very difficult for us to market you or get you to be able to market yourself uh, to somebody else. So I always like to, to, you know, to sort of start there and then, you know, certainly we can move forward and there's little, little tricks, I guess that I, you know, so you want to change careers. So then I'll get you to sit down, for example, and you'll do a pros and cons of staying where you are today and a pros and cons of going what you hope to ex expect to hope to see once you you know make make the decision to move sometimes we'll talk about a, a i get people to draw a line in the sand and you know for the next 6 to 8 months let's focus on you know giving 110% where you are but let's also kind of be looking you know down the highway a ways to sort of see what else is out there that might be of interest to you and then at that six to eight month window, if, if things haven't changed in your current workplace and you're not, you're not happy, uh, then, then let's use that line in the sand to sort of say if things haven't changed in eight months, for example, then we're going to become more aggressive in our job hunting, job searching uh, approach. And, and then start to look at, you know, maybe there are some things we need to, to change behavior-wise. Maybe there's some things, you know, some courses that you could take online that would make you just that much more marketable. So it's all of those things that we would, you know, we would definitely take a look at. Um, I, I want people to see the picture. So that's why I like to have them sit down and write things out, pros and cons. And the pros and cons exercise it works great. Uh, I, I've had such great success with people who have actually gone and done it. In fact, some of them have even said, yeah, yeah, I know you're going to say, do the, the pros and cons matrix. And I've done it. And I said, well, okay, what's the result? Well, tells me I should probably stay where I am for a little bit longer. And I said, well, you know, that's, that's coming from you, not from me. That's coming from you, from your heart. So if your heart is telling you that, then you need to listen. Wow. Okay. Now you mentioned personal growth. And a lot of times, you know, we hear, we hear some of these terms and we're like, 
oh yeah, I know what that is. I know what that is. Can you explain what exactly personal growth is? Because I think sometimes people just think of, okay, well, when I'm unhappy at, at where I am or where I am in life, I have to uh, read a book or something and it makes everything better. So could you please explain what personal growth is? Sure. So personal growth, when I'm using that term, I'm thinking about the aspect of once, you know, the, the self-esteem, self-confidence, self, uh, self-doubt, self-worth, all of the, as I sometimes refer to all the selves, um, we, we need to be able to, you know, to understand where we are as a person and all of those things that I just mentioned all play a factor or a part in that. And what here's the, the sort of as a sidebar is that most corporate mentorship programs focus on professional growth, so career development. Very few of them will actually take the time or the effort to focus on employees' personal growth. So, and that can be, you know, that can be uh, behavioral changes, that can be, you know, this, all the selves, for example, that, that can be, you know, somebody who, is struggling with relationship building or developing trust that can be part of their personal growth. It can also be professional, but I would approach it from a, a, a personal growth aspect. So those can all be all these things that we would be taking a look at. Um, what you want to be able to do to really clearly define the difference between the two is if you look at professional growth as being just that it's, it's, what the job requires of me in order for both of us to be successful. So, you know, what courses do I need to take from a career development perspective? Uh, what is my uh, long-term plans to, for staying with the organization? And then we, we come back and we look on the other side of the fence and we look at the personal growth stuff. You know, if, if my mental state, my mental well-being is not solid, then I'm going to have a very difficult time in being able to move forward with whatever I've mapped out for my professional growth, my career development. It's just, it's, it's going to be a bumpy road if we don't get sort of don't get our house in order is probably the easiest way to, to describe that. So in other words, you are saying working on your personal growth can make you even a better employee a better worker, you know, or even a better candidate for a promotion. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and don't lose sight of the fact that it will make you a better person overall, because if, um, like I, I was doing some business mentoring, helping a, an entrepreneur start their own business and stuff like that. And as we're having a conversation, and and I and we talk about how you know she was in a in the service organization, so providing services to to others. And at one point in the conversation, she said, "Well, I don't think I can do that." And I said, "Please tell me why." And she said, "Well, because I I just I'm not I'm not worried. Who would want to come to me for that sort of help?" And I I went, oh, "Okay, wow. So let's let's have a conversation about." what do we think about ourselves? And, and lo and behold, I find out here's somebody who, you know, has self-esteem, self-confidence issues, but it goes deeper than that, where um, they were uh, 
sexually assaulted as a child growing up at a very, very, very young age and has packed that baggage with them for 50 some odd years. And here they are, they want to be able to turn around and market who they are as a person to prospective customers or clients, and yet they don't believe in themselves. And so we, we spent some time going through, and as a result of that, this individual has become, you know, certainly here in, in the city here, has become a highly sought after counselor that, that always, always brings value and is, I, I send, when I recognize people need some help beyond what I'm capable of, that's who I send send them to because she is a rock star. Wow, that is awesome. That is amazing. So let's talk about this for a moment. This negative self talk, because I we all for for whatever reason it seems to keep coming up with people, and it's one of those things of like you said, if you if you talk badly about yourself. How does this follow people and how does it affect what they do in their day-to-day? Well, I, th- I think until it, it's, sort of, it's like it's acceptable behavior until I'm told otherwise. And so, you know, when, when, when you're right, it will follow you wherever you may go until you, you kind of grab the bull by the horns and sort of say, okay, enough of this. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to allow that to happen. I, you know, and, and I've had those situations where the negative self-talk and, and all of those things have been challenges for us to be able to, to move the mentoring relationship o- along the way. I've even gone so far as to with one individual and how I typically describe that this situation is that when we first met, if she were to walk into a room um, that was dark, you would never see her. And you, just because her the, the darkness was something that she packed with her because she didn't believe in who she was. And we spent, you know, considerable amount of time, even going to the extent of where I said, you know, take those yellow post-it sticky notes and I want you to write positive affirmations on them and stick them to the mirror in the bathroom when you're getting ready in the morning and let that message be the first message that you get to see every day after every day after every day. And she did. And she, she ended up, she changed her behavior. She's turned, turned from being a non-believer to a believer in who she was as a person. And my story that I always, I always used to share to with people when I was actually used this when I was uh, doing speaking engagements was here was a, a, a young person who, if she walked into a dark room, she would, she'd be hard pressed to light the room up. And if you look at her today, she absolutely just rocks the room. And it's such a bright, shiny light when she walks in that it, you know, you kind of go like, you immediately recognize her as a force to be reckoned with. And she actually started to believe so much in herself that, and I jokingly always say to people that I always have to avoid, I always have to look to see if her husband's around because she went out and she spent all kinds of money on a brand new wardrobe to enhance how she started to feel. Because I said, part of what we need to do here is, number one, you need to believe in who you are as a person and that you are very, very good at what you are and that, you know, 
The other part is that you sometimes have to dress for success and you have to, you know, obviously change maybe some of the things that you're wearing so that you wear stuff that's going to enhance who you are as a person. I actually had this, this very conversation, I think in the last couple of days where I, I had said to somebody that, you know, how you, uh, she was going in for a job interview and I said, power suit, make sure you, you know, you wear something that demonstrates that you have the confidence, the capability to do the job that they're, they're interviewing you for. Because if you go in with that kind of that downtrodden look and, you know, you dress accordingly, uh, you know, that's going to send a pretty clear message to the, to the hiring manager and whoever else is in the interview. So, and, and that's what, you know, that's what that individual is, is going to do. I got, I got affirmation from her that that's what she would make sure that she did was she would demonstrate how confident she is that she can take this job on by number one, the interview, but number two is how she looks and how she carries herself when she walks into the room. Perfect. Oh my goodness. This is awesome. So how, okay. A lot of times we are taught to look for outside validation and how is that affecting us now? Because I mean, there's so much, there's so much stimulation coming at us where it's like, you know, whether it's social media or friends or this one or that one, or, you know, we're taught to always seek that outside validation. How do we stop doing that and turn it inward? Well, I, I think what we need to do first off is to start to recognize I, my, my favorite line that I use with one individual that I work with is that you are a beautiful person inside and outside. And as long as you believe that the person on the inside is somebody that you want to get to know, then the person on the outside is going to portray that same image, that same thought to those on the, on the outside. So guys, I hope that you are paying attention because Doug is really, you are dropping some gems here. You are really dropping some gems. Um, oh my goodness. So tell everyone where, again, they can find the website and even to get a hold of you as a mentor or if they want to become a mentor themselves. Most definitely. I'll, I'll give you a couple websites. The first is the whole certification process that I talked about. You can find that uh, at www.internationalmentoringcommunity.com. So international mentoring community is all one sentence, dot com. Uh, so that'll get you to where you can sort of explore the, the different uh, certifications that are available there through the international mentoring community. The second website I'll give you is www.talentc, so the word talent with the letter C on the end, .ca. And that's my, my personal uh, website for my company, Talent C. And there's all kinds of stuff that's in there. Uh, there should be a calendar link that if you want to set up a time if you go in and do the contact me or yeah, I think it's contact me. If you go in and do that, um, there should be a calendar uh, link there someplace. I just can't remember 
off the top of my head exactly where it is, but you can request, you know, to set up a time. And if that doesn't work for you, you can certainly email me direct. I have no problem at all in responding as quickly as I can. And my email is doug.lawrence, and that's L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, at talent C, so talent with the letter C in the end, dot C-A. So doug.lawrence at talentc.ca. And we can set up a time to chat. Uh, we can, you know, if you're experiencing some stress and anxiety and you're just not quite sure what you should do or how you should go about dealing with it, please, please, please feel free to uh, reach out to me and we can have, you know, a conversation uh, and we'll see where that, where that takes us. Um, so those, that would be, you know, and I'm, of course, I'm accessible on LinkedIn. So if you just, you know, search my name, Doug, Doug Lawrence, um, I have a, fairly active presence on LinkedIn. I uh, have a YouTube channel that you can go and take a look at. So just search on my name and you should be able to find it. Um, those would be primarily the two uh, social media. I do a bit of stuff on Twitter and that, but um, it's mostly on, on, on those two sites, uh, LinkedIn and, and uh, YouTube that you'll see, see the activity in that that uh, we're generating. Okay. So guys, definitely check out the YouTube page and LinkedIn. I keep telling you, if you are not on LinkedIn, it's, believe it or not, guys, since last March, LinkedIn has exploded and it is social media for those who are really trying to build up their professional resumes or make those connections. It's not like, it's, not like Facebook, it's not like Twitter, but if you are trying to make connections where you're trying to meet new people or even find out if there are positions or anything available, that's what LinkedIn is for. So you can always find out what's going on. And if that's for you, then definitely go for it. But Doug, it has been amazing having you. Thank you for this opportunity. It's been great. All of his information will be in the show notes, guys, again, so you won't miss anything. And definitely take advantage of all of it, because these are things that I didn't know existed. And you guys know I love bringing you new and amazing ideas and information. So again, thank you so much, Doug. Thank you. So guys, I hope that you enjoyed this. If you are interested in becoming a mentor or being mentored, definitely check out Doug's information. Of course, it is all in the show notes, so you won't miss anything. But as always, guys, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and happy shopping. Hey, this is P. Perkins Heard from the Trap Life Podcast, and you are listening to the CQP Moments Podcast. Remember to subscribe, share, and enjoy.